look good. You look better. Thanks, bro. I, I, um, I, we were just talking about this concept of um, anticipation. How do you anticipate um, tomorrow? How do you anticipate the next moments that you're always ahead? And I said, I grew up in a neighborhood where, I'm sure you, you same thing, right? We're both Italians. Sorry, uh, Zach, you're not yeah. Italian. <laughs> um, and, and, and I grew up around masons and, and carpenters and organized crime guys and people that own pizza places. And they didn't go to bed until everything was prepped and, and ready. And they were anticipating what was going to happen tomorrow. Right? They just were never caught flat-footed. And so um, my, message, my message to people is right now you've got a little extra time in your life. You're not traveling. Whatever it is you're not doing like we used to do pre-pandemic, uh, work on that attribute. Because if you nail that, and Don, tell me if I'm wrong, you, you're more likely to be successful. I couldn't agree with you anymore. I mean, it's funny because I grew up in a catering household. My family, you know, was a very, um, you know, we were the first kosher, non-kosher caterers on Long Island. So I grew up with this very heavy work ethic, this work mentality, but all this came down to preparation. That's probably why I ended up becoming good in Fitness was because fitness for me, it's, it's all about preparation. If you prepare and you know what you're supposed to go and do that next day, then just go do it. Like, I know what my meals are. I know what my training's like. And yes, little wrenches get thrown at you here and there. But I think preparation is something that people overlook and they take for granted and they just want to wake up and they just want to say, all right, let me, let me attack the day. And it's just all this stuff, all these successful people are the same, Joe. It's like you didn't get to where you were by – you know, are you a fitness guy? Are you, you're a business guy. You're an everything guy. Like the, the same principles that you use on wall street, you use now in the fitness world. Am I, am I wrong? There's no doubt about it. You know, when I, when I was a kid, um, there was a, I was taking a marketing class, uh, maybe first year of college. And, and we had to prepare, um, we had to prepare a project and the project that I chose, I don't know why it goes right to the core of what you just said was, um, it doesn't matter what the industry is you're in. You could be in air freight. You could be in the fitness industry. You could be selling books. Whatever the thing, the same principles apply. Same principles apply, right? And, and one of the core principles is, are you one of those people? Look, I could see, I could see the area behind you, Don. It's very neat. It's organized. Are you a, a guy or a gal where your car is a mess? You're always late to appointments. You're not properly dressed. You came on late because you wanted to get everything looking prim and proper. You're probably ironing your shirt, right? I was in the shower. I was literally in the shower because I taught a live. The live went late and I didn't want to come on with sweat all over. I'm wearing a sleeveless shirt, go figure. But I still like, yes, there's, there's this ounce of preparation that, that, that I have to live up. You know, and it reminds me, uh, Zach, you might remember, was it Casino with uh, De Niro? Yeah. When he was running the casino and he was like a maniac and he was walking by somebody that had blueberries and uh, blueberry muffins. In muffin. Muffin. And he flipped out because I don't know if there were too many blueberries or not enough blueberries. Every person I grew up with was exactly like that. Like everything was like, they were so particular about stuff that you thought was like irrelevant, but it's not irrelevant. I just want to ask one thing, because this is for both of you guys. Like I get the prepping part. Obviously, like it totally makes sense, but you also have to be able to adapt and be quick on your feet, right? You can't just be so set in your ways. I mean, De Niro can in, in, in Casino and guys of that, of that nature can, but you both have had to quickly, you know, change direction to keep things moving. And I think that if you weren't that 
that savvy, it would have just, everything would just crumble. Great Darwin quote. I'm going to, I'm going to botch it, but something to the effect of it's not the smart that survive. It's not the strong that survive. Sorry, Don. It's the adaptable, right? It's the malleable. It's those that are able to pivot. And, and it's obvious, right? If you go in Google's uh, headquarters and you go out to the campus there in the center of the campus is a giant dinosaur. And it's a reminder for everybody at Google that, <laughs> Hey, we, we don't want to go the way of the dinosaur. We don't want to go extinct like 5,000 other tech companies did because they weren't adaptable. Right. Shit changes on a daily basis. Pandemic shows up, right? You and I got to pivot. I got to pivot right away. We're putting out content. I'm going to sound like a salesman. We're selling nutrition products as fast as we can because there's social distancing. I can't bring people together. Like the yeah. world literally changed overnight in 45 countries. So I got to adapt. Even if I was financially strong, even if we were incredibly smart and had a bunch of Harvard MBAs working for us, we're fucked. Right. If we don't adapt. 100%. 100%. And I, and I agree 100%. I, I listen, we, we all went through this so a week ago from, what was it, yesterday? A week ago from Sunday. And I think we kind of smelled it coming on two weekends ago. But I, I don't think any of us really understood. You know, you, you hear New York City's going to shut down. You know, you hear that suddenly our country is going to, you know, be under surveillance and everyone's going to be in, in, in house quarantine or call what you call what you want. But, yeah. you know, it was, I remember, I remember waking up and realizing that um, Monday we revised our hours. We were having a meeting to see if we were closing Tuesday and then the government did it for us. They basically just said, listen, eight o'clock tonight, you guys are shutting down. And I remember being like, okay. Um, okay. So I'm shutting down my club of 15 years. My first question is, is, how my employees going to survive? So we have to have a phone call the, the next day with the staff. I'm sorry, that day with the, with the staff. Kim, myself, my business partner got a, a phone call. And then we started diving into things, not like crying, like, oh my God, what are we going to do or save me? Like, no, like, how do we become an even stronger business in this? You know, um, my, my story over the last month was I'm a super optimist like you clearly are. And I wasn't buying the whole thing. Our, 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 we're in 45 countries. China shut down. My team in China, our partners there are like, they're unbelievable and they're incredibly plugged into the government. So their phone call to me was, Joe, you got to start sending me all the content you have. And to be honest, I had 44 other countries to be thinking about. So it was like, oh, it's China. Yeah. Super strong, resilient partner. They'll figure it out. And I wasn't really paying attention. And then it bled to Italy a little bit. And then I got a call to go to Sparta, Greece. And it was on the bubble. Like, it, it wasn't that big in the US yet. We weren't, your gym wasn't shut yet. And I was like, is it irresponsible for me to go to Sparta? But the mayor, the mayor was pushing for me to come because it's a 2,500 year anniversary of Thermopylae, the Battle of Thermopylae, right? Gerard Butler's flying over. And I'm saying to myself, Gerard's not gonna really show up with all this stuff going on. And up till it, so I was like, fuck it, I'm going. So we go, I land, drive to Sparta, Trump locks the, lock, lock down the country, right? So my world, just like your world changes when you spoke to your partner about, my world changes while I'm in Sparta, Greece. And what's awesome about that is I had, let's call it 24 hours of, of uh, clear alone time working my way back from Sparta to the US to really figure out 
what it was. I went from the previous 60 days being um, completely optimistic and nothing gets in our way and this is no big deal. And I had big hedge funds, by the way. You know the same people I know, Don. I had big hedge funds telling me the end of the world was coming. I was like, leave me alone. You guys are sitting on trading desks too long. You need to do some burpees. And, um, and I'm, I'm flying for those 24 hours I'm traveling and I'm thinking, you know what? Uh, we're fucked. Our business requires bringing mass groups of people together. I can't, and, and the whole world has just got shut down. And so that means now 325 events are on hold. And I've got, I've got t-shirts in the air being flown and medals going somewhere and people buying tickets and, and 511 employees, right? And, but I had this 24 hours of free time and I said, all right, here's what we gotta do. Uh, I got to, I got to take people down in salaries. Of course, you got to take care of them. Like you said, Don, but I got to take people down because there's no business in the world that has a model that could survive on zero revenue. So I had to quickly, um, shut things down. And then, and then you go through the tough decisions of, all right, we got to take care of our people. We got to take care of our community and I got to make sure we got liquidity. Right. And so it's happened in real time as we talk. Yeah, how quickly does that decision happen? Like, and how many people it have to be involved? in those 24 hours of wow. me traveling? And I, and I, quite honestly, I'm glad I went to Greece because if I didn't have those 24 hours of, of quiet time, I, I probably wouldn't, you just get caught up in your own business. So what question for you? Um, you had your own, um, did you have your own hedge fund during nine 11 or you were, you were running a fund, uh, during then these, I'm trying to think. Um, when I met you, which was 10 years ago. Yeah, yeah. So, so 90, 94, 95, I went to Wall Street. 97, I started my own firm. Our firm basically dealt with the banks and the hedge funds. So, so I, what Zach is doing with you and I right now, mm -hmm. I used to do it with the smartest people in the universe, right? That's and, what I'm doing uh, with you. Yeah, I was going to say, that's, that's what, exactly what I'm doing. Um, you, You're the best. So, yeah, so, so, um, so what's awesome is, you know, what we did, um, Don and Zach is I, and you're welcome to join. I, I started a 5:30 AM warrior call. So, um, I don't know. I get like 70, hundred people, a bunch of wall street people, a bunch of CEOs, some doctors, um, some analysts, fitness people, and we, and we make each other feel good. We give each other information. And then at 6 AM, uh, it's awesome. awesome. Yeah. I love it. That is cool though. And it is funny how, you know, as, as crazy and, and horrible as this thing has been for a lot of people in a lot of ways, it has done a lot to bring people together, which I think is really cool. And, but that, I but I do have a question though about, so, you know, you have to kind of, you, you do have to shut all, all of these down. How do you, how do you get it back up and running? I mean, is it just like riding a bike or do you have it on, on the ready to, to start rolling out again or? Dude, I am so fucked. Okay. <laughs> this is such a mess. I was on the phone. Just think about, by the way, we're a tiny company, right? Think about Federal Express or, or anybody like they have much bigger problems. So I can't really complain. But but um, think about the logistics of like moving t-shirts and metals and obstacles and trucks around to uh, 325 events across 45 countries, right? So finally, after all these years, we finally got that system somewhat working pretty well. Uh, we still make mistakes. And, and then the whole thing comes to a grinding halt. I'm going to have to stop paying people for a little while. I got to furlough a bunch of people. I got to, I got to lower salaries. I got to tell people stop delivering t-shirts over here. Um, oh, by the way, the venue we were at that race, I can't do, I got to pick another date. Um, 
Yeah. And you guys, you guys are the only game in town now, right, Joe? I mean, you're like pretty much a monopoly. Is anyone else trying to do? Because everyone, everyone out there listening, everyone else who's going to be listening to this knows who Spartan Race is. I mean, this is, um, you know, you know you're really starting something special here, but. You and I met probably in 2009, I want to say, maybe oh. 11, 11 years ago. And, and um, at that time, I had about 800 competitors, literally 800 competitors. Um, and the reason is, coming out of the financial crisis, anybody who had a hammer or a screw gun thought they could just start up an obstacle race. And, um, and so it was a battle amongst all of us. And literally through hard work and stupidity, uh, we came out the other side. And, and I say that half jokingly because I just lost money year after year, but I just wouldn't quit, right? It's like, it's like doing burpees past the point of like, you're not even getting a benefit anymore. You're hurting your body, but you just keep going. And so, and so we came out the other side and then it was really just us and Tough Mudder with a couple of little regional players around the world sprinkled in like there's somebody in Holland, for example, or here or there, but but it was really just us and Tough Mudder at this point. And um, I, was feeling, I was feeling really good like six weeks ago. We, we finally got a deal done. We bought them. And um, here we are, Pandemic City. But this isn't going to go away. I, I, I mean, uh, listen, I'm an optimist. I mean, I'm not, you know, um, I think just earlier, Zach, we were asked a question about group training. Is group tra training going to fizzle? That was, my, that was my question. Was like, yeah, do, yeah. Do, you know, are people going to be too scared to get together? At least in the right look after this. On. Look what's going on. I mean, you know, we were talking about it today. Like what's happening down in Florida and Miami, and, and spring break still being on, and people partying. There's this, there's this element of like engagement and camaraderie, Joe. I just don't think you're ever going to lose. I think that's part of the human spirit. And I think, yeah, this, this is a big hiccup and a, and, a, and a huge speed bump, but. I also think this might be opportunity for you to figure out a way, you know, how do we, how do we move this through? I don't know if you guys have a digital platform. Yes. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to put our foot, we're going to put our legs in, in, in the digital world. We're going to be producing more content, but um, it doesn't feed the, it's not that big. It doesn't feed the beast. Right. This, again, I'm going to sound like a salesman. This though, I, I really was not planning to, to start pitching. Come on, baby. Come on. <laughs> I got to send you this. Okay. I want to see it. So can you see that or no? Plant yes. beans. Energy. Okay. That's Zach. That's our bureau. Send yeah. some plant energy. Beans. I'm sending you some. Um, and, and okay, but, but I'm going to tell you. So I'm excited about this. I'm obviously excited about the digital world and getting people healthy and doing all that. Um, and we're going to do that. We're going to get bigger. But nutrition, I mean, look, um, uh, people are buying nutrition, nutritional products like crazy. It used to be uh, 40 years ago, if it wasn't Campbell's soup, or, or some big brand, Heinz Ketchup. Now everybody wants cool new hip brands that are plant-based and healthy and, and, um, and, doing, and doing fun stuff. So I'm in Sparta, Don, I didn't tell you about this. I'm in Sparta five years ago and I'm on the mountainside where the agogi would take place. The agogi, they would take the children at seven years old, the boys, and they would train them for 13 years on the mountainside. One article of clothing per year, one article, they slept outside. They could have all the food they wanted as long as they stole it and didn't get caught. If they got caught, they got beaten because um, they wanted to have some street smarts was what they were trying to train the kids for. And, and so I go, I got to go to the mountain. I got to go see where these kids trained and became hardened warriors. So I go to the mountain and I see these farmers way up, you know, 1,500, I don't know, pretty high up on the mountain, almost where the snow would be. 
and they're picking uh, this plant. And I'm like, what, what are they harvesting up there? Because it's not like it's growing like a farm. It's just literally just growing naturally. And he said, what do you mean? That's the Spartan tea. So I'm like, what, what, what are you talking about? And, and they get into it and they're like, oh, you don't know. That was Hippocrates and Socrates tea. And they, and they show me the plant and it's really hard to boil because the plant's so rugged, it, you can't get the nutrients out of it so easy. So you, it's a pain in the ass actually as a tea. And, um, but you boil it and you drink it and this thing translates from Greek to English. You ready for this translation? It tra I didn't tell you this, Zach? No. This translates, he or she is of iron, is the translation of this. That's beautiful. Okay? So I'm like, I buy like 30 fucking tons. <laughs> I'm like, the mountain is now barren. Nothing left on the mountain. No, no. We, 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 which is why the mayor likes us, right? So, so, um, so I'm growing um, this stuff or whatever, and we're, and we're, and we're uh, boiling it, but it's difficult. And you and I are not going to take loose leaf tea and boil. You know, some people will in the morning. So I said, hey, could we ground this up into a fine powder and make a pill, right? I don't know how it's going to go, right? And, and uh, because I lived in Japan, I hooked up with this uh, Japanese, uh, billion-dollar Japanese company that could do it. And the reason I chose Japanese is because if you've ever been to Japan, they are yeah. maniacal about everything they you could eat off the subway floor, right? So I know they're going to get it right. And I said, what about a sprinkle? What if we took um, a, a green coffee plant, uncooked coffee plant, and ground it up, the roots, the leaves, the, the coffee bean, everything, and threw a little bit of that in with the Spartan tea plant? And that's, that's what this is, right? And I took it, and I gave it to my wife. And my wife, I, I, I am sounding like a salesman. I apologize in advance. Next morning, hey, how do I, you have more? And so then I gave it to another person. And then I started giving it to people and say, hey, would you take this? Which is weird. Would you take this? But I'm not telling you what it is. I'm not telling you what it does. And everybody, <laughs> I, I, I misspoke. Not everybody, 80% of the people I give it to come back and say, tremendous focus, tremendous energy last four or five hours. These are people that I don't even tell what it does, nothing. So it can't be a placebo effect. So, um, so anyway, I was like, well, grind it up, put it in some pills and maybe it'll be a little side business for us. Well, the pandemic hit <laughs> and, and so that's that. And then, um, and Don, I'm sorry I'm throwing you into this. This Zach didn't say, hey Joe, we're gonna- oh, 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 oh. The next thing was, there's only two things I'm interested in for, for our business. Since I met you in 2009, and I didn't really want to be doing uh, any supplements because I don't want people filling their house full of supplements and all this crap. But out on the course, almost everybody is like locking up, right? They're sweating, their legs are locked, their hands are locked. Mm -hmm. And I know because I've raced all over the world personally myself, you need electrolytes. That's simple. You need magnesium, you need sodium, et cetera. I used to, I used to bring pickle juice with me was my, you know, and so I said, let's get a, a plant-based hydration uh, pill. I want a pill. And the reason I want two pills is I don't want to carry goo. I don't want to carry a fucking blender and try to mix up powders while I'm running 50 mm. miles. So I said, give me some pills. I know people have pill fatigue, but give me some pills. But I want the hydration product. I want the electrolytes to prehydrate. Because if I'm in a run and I'm 20 miles in and I need hydration, it's too late. It's too late. I already have a problem, right? So, so, so get me at a, not in a deficit. I never want to be in a deficit when it comes to electric. 
So anyway, I, I, I worked with the medical field and I found what they use in a hospital. They have a method of taking the electrolyte formula I wanted, plant-based, and compressing it in such a way that it slow releases for five hours. So yeah, so an hour before the race, pop one of these babies or two of them, depending on how long the race is, right? And you're prehydrated. You don't have to worry about, because I got people taking mustard packets, throwing them all over the courses all right. over the world. Right, I've seen them, yeah. Fucking goose, problem solved. That's it. Well, plus, uh, as somebody that's been knocked out of the death race for dehydration twice, and I mean, I'm not saying that I would have lasted. I'm not giving you any. Oh, so I don't want you to That's what I need. That's exactly what I wanted, man. Like, I, I so yeah, that's. You're out. You're not getting any. Yeah. You're banned. Banned no, substance for you. Now, Joe, you've done, and we haven't talked about this yet, which I, I'm, I'm going to make you dive into a little bit, but you, you've done some pretty extreme you know, forms of fitness, if, if, if I don't mind saying. Very, um, yeah. <laughs> very. I mean, one of them being, um, and I want to know if, if this is true or false. Did you, did you really run to Vermont from New York? I did. I am here in Vermont. I'm in Vermont right now. And I get a phone call. My dad had a heart attack. He's at St. Francis Hospital in Long Island. Okay. And my friend had just driven to, he just got to Vermont five hours from New York. And, and I had just gotten the call five minutes before he got here. And I said, Paul, I need a favor. I'm going to jump in the car with you. I'm sorry. You just got here. Turn around. I got to go see my dad. We're going to drive back. And it was like 11 o'clock at night. Stupid on my part. And I get in the passenger seat, selfish. I should have been driving because he just drove five hours up. And I, I fall asleep. I don't even plan on falling asleep. I just pass out. And we're, we're about an hour from Vermont. We're on our way to New York. We're in Sar near Saratoga Springs on 87, and he falls asleep. Oh. So now we're both sleeping in the car doing 85 miles an hour. Oh, yeah. And um, he has his seatbelt on. I don't have my on. He hits a tree. We wake up. I go out the window. My leg gets ripped out of my hip. And uh, I wake up on the divider, on the grass divider, on my stomach. And I'm freezing. And I don't know where I am, as you can imagine. My face is bleeding. My leg, uh, my femur head came out of the hip and is behind my body, right? But I don't know this. I just, I just, I'm an excruciating, you can, you can imagine the pain. Uh, finally, ambulances show up. They take him first. I see them, I see them take him out of the car. They get me. They rush me to the hospital. They knock me out. They break my hip to put my femur back in. Uh, I'm telling you all this because I'm a lunatic. And the next day, I was, I was like, I, I got to do something. I got to train. I got to do something, even though I shouldn't be doing anything, right? And a friend of mine calls me and says, hey, um, you want to do, do some Ironmans? Uh, because I heard you just got in that. You know, she was trying to motivate me a little bit. Like, oh, don't worry. And I, I wasn't really into Ironmans. I was into ad crazy adventure races. And so I looked at my wife and she said, I said, look, uh, with an Ironman, if this injury has a problem, there's always ambulances around. It's not like doing an adventure race where I'm out in the jungle for five days and if something happens, I just lay out there and I'll be dead. This would be a safer thing. And it was all ridiculous because it was literally the day after this accident happened and the doctors were saying, you're not even going to walk again. Forget it. So my wife was playing along with me thinking like, this is just some ridiculous talk. So anyway, I end up running around the world doing a ton of Ironmans. Ironman after Ironman, I mean, I'd go one weekend, fly back to the office, come back, fly, do another one, boom, 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 every weekend. And 
my wife is now eight months pregnant with our first child and we're in Switzerland and I'm 13 or 14 Ironman in that year. And she says, what are we doing? Are we having a family? Are you going to be like a husband? Are you going to be a dad? Or are we going to just do Ironman? Like, this is stupid. This was not what I signed up for. So, um, so that was, that, that was the end of my, my endurance dream right there. Right. It was either her or, and she was right. I was being selfish and it was stupid. And I, it was just feeding my ego. And probably, I was just probably feeling broken from the accident. And I just needed sure. to show that I was still alive. And that night, I just finished the Ironman. She just yelled at me, went to bed, and I woke up early. Usually, after an event like that, you're exhausted for a couple of days. But I woke up that next morning, and I was feeling fired up. And so I went for a run. Literally, the next morning, I went for a run. And I was running it. We were in France. We had just driven from Switzerland that night, went to sleep in France. She yelled at me. I'm running up this hill. And I'm feeling good. Like, man, the engine, like, like maybe the fittest I've ever felt ever in my life. Like, like you've probably had in something you're doing, right? Like, like almost like a um, surreal, uh, what's the moment they talk about being in the zone, right? I'm, and I'm running and I'm like, unstop. I just, I'm just like, I could run all day. And, and I'm thinking as I'm on that run, wife's still sleeping. I'm thinking, you know what? My mom died of cancer, uh, whatever, 10, 15 years earlier. I never did anything for hospice care. We just moved to Vermont. My wife just mandated that my career as, a, as an amateur, uh, whatever I consider myself, is over. I'm going to run to Vermont. I'm thinking this as I'm on this run, feeling like unstoppable. And, and you know what? I'm saying to myself, I'm going to do it this week because if I let any time pass, I'm, my fitness level is going to deteriorate. So for whatever reason, I'm feeling good right now. I don't know why. Maybe because I know it's over. This is the end. And, and so I send an email. When I get back to the hotel, even before my wife is up, I send an email to all my Wall Street friends. And I said, hey, uh, I'm going to raise money for hospital care. I'm going to run 300 miles straight from Central Park to my house in Vermont. Uh, you could donate a penny a mile, a dollar a mile, $10 a mile, whatever. Oh, and, and, and this was like, this was Saturday, this was Sunday morning in France. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna leave Wednesday at midnight, right? Um, join me if you want. I'd love to have some people run some legs with me. Wednesday at midnight, I'm standing, I'm a little nervous, I'm standing at a Tavern on the Green and uh, about 20 people show up and they run the first 26.2 miles with me uh, or 25 miles, whatever. And we, and I, and I have a support car and, and, and the message to my friends who are so kind are going to follow me. Um, and every three miles they have to stop. They're going to go ahead three miles. They'll have, a, I want a quarter of a cheese sandwich and I want, a, 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 I want some electrolytes, right. And, and um, like a salt pill and some water. That's my program. Every three miles, quarter of a cheese sandwich. I'm sure, I'll, I'm sure I'll want something else later, but that's my plan. I got a ton of cheese sandwiches in the trunk. I got my salt pills. We got a ton of water. You guys stop every three miles. So we run the first 25 miles. I, I think I'm on the Palisades by then. I went over the GW. And uh, all of a sudden, all my friends you know, disappear. They're done. They're, they're making their way back to the city for the early morning. And, and I got my buddies going every three miles, every three miles. And I'm running, I'm running, I'm running, I'm running. And uh, 
all of a sudden I'm, I'm like, man, I'm, I must be getting tired because it's supposed to be three miles away. It's been like a hundred, not, not a hundred. It's been like 20 or 30 times. Been, well, what was happening was they were getting tired of me and this whole project and they were getting tired of driving. So they started parking four miles away and then they started parking five miles away so that they can get some sleep while I was running. They finally got to a point where they were like seven miles away, right? And I'm out of water. I got no food. <laughs> got no, yeah. And they're not telling me. And I'm thinking, I'm just slowing down, I guess. I, I, I'm, you know, I thought I was keeping a good pace. <laughs> and um, finally, I get to Manchester, Vermont. And, uh, and I'm like, you got to get me a hotel room. I, I need like a cold, ice cold bath or something and a hamburger. Right, and I'm mostly a plant-based guy, but I just, I need a hamburger. <laughs> and I got, and I got to sit. Attack. <laughs> and I got to sit in an ice tub. And the funny thing is when my mom was dying on her, on her dying breath, she asked her father, my grandfather, to get her a pastrami sandwich. She was a vegetarian for like 25 years. She wanted a pastrami sandwich. Like I was dying, I needed a hamburger. But I took the, I, I, I sat in the cold tub, I ate the burger, headed out again from Manchester, um, from that little hotel and uh, started running. And I think my fastest time, my fastest 25 mile section was between mile 200 and 225 right there after that burger. Kept going, um, made it into Vermont, uh, made it into uh, uh, Rutland, up and over the mountain. And, um, and here's the crazy thing. When, when I got to um, the house, we, we were about, call it uh, 15, 18 miles short of 300 miles. And so you I kept had, going. What? You kept going, right? No, no, no. Check this out. Check this. This is, this is important. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to expose myself here. And so I have to go, let's say, another eight miles past the house and then turn around and come back. And then I've completed the 300 miles because, because everybody donated. I got $30,000 on the line for hospital care. You ran 300 miles straight. Your fastest leg of it was from 200 to 225 after you had a hamburger, which they didn't put that on Game Changers now, did they, Zach? Huh? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no, no. I'm still a huge believer in a plant-based diet. There you are. There you are. But, but I, I don't think it was the hamburger as much as it was. Um, this, is not, this is really interesting for your, for your viewers and listeners, Zach, and, and Don, for you. This is true, by the way. The human body, contrary to what we believe, gets more efficient over time. In other words, traditional belief would say, Don, if you, if you put me in the gym and we continued to lift and we continued to run all day long for five days straight, you would just, the body would break down and you'd, I'd be a pool of mess. But what happens actually for a period of time is the body has no choice but to get more efficient and stronger because it's going to die otherwise. Right. So, so, so I actually got stronger up to mile 200. Now, at some point, it starts to slope the other way, right? Like, and so what happened when I got to my house, I was, I was cooked. But why wasn't I cooked at 200? Why wasn't I cooked at 250? Because the mind was saying, we're not done yet. But when my, when my mind saw the house, right, it was like, shut this thing down. Right, um, right, um, right. Well, well, that's honestly, I mean, I, I'll go as far as to say is I think that's one of the, that's one of the cooler stories that I've ever heard. And I'm glad it's not a myth. I'm glad, I'm glad Joe DeSena is a living legend and that story actually exists because that's going to, 
I'm going to tell it a couple hundred times. It's very well, good. The best thing about the whole story was um, I was able to basically say I'm done. And um, I did it without the energy pills, which is amazing. And, um, and I raised $30,000 for hospice care. That's amazing. Well, congrats. Yeah. And, uh, go ahead, Don. I know we're, we got to wrap up. We're about less than a minute. Joe, you're a legend, man. You are, man. You're awesome. th thank glad, you, Joe. We saw Joe. Uh, so we got, where, where can we find those, uh, those products? You know, I'm clearly not a salesman. They're somewhere on our website. I have no <laughs> Spartan.com. Find, you search. Yeah. Uh, Hydrate and, and energy, but I'm going to send you guys some. And and by the way, listen, I'm so sure that you're going to love it. If they don't, if you don't like them, I want you to go negative on me online. These suck, like that's how sure I am. You got a deal. Um, okay. At Don Saladino. At Zraz Joe. I want, to, I want to get a workout with you when you get back to New York, and we're all allowed to work out together. One yes. Day. And where can we find you, Joe, on social media? Uh, at Real Joe DeSena. At Real uh, Joe DeSena. Joe, thank you so much for your time, man. Thank you. I really appreciated this. Uh, and I just, as, as always, like I'm a huge fan of the brand and I can't wait till, to see where you take it. When this you got is some unfinished business up here, Zach. Oh, I know. Trust me. I'm ready to rock. And I, I said, this is the year I'm going to finish the death race or I'm going to be 0-3. 0-3, no, no, I've got to get through it. Don, you got to help me. You can't do it, Don. Can't do it, Don. He does. There's no chance. Oh, I have faith in my boy. I got. It's because I got to read my book. He looks good, Don. He's one of those guys that just looks good. I got. I got to read this a few more times.